Welcome to The Brew with Suzanne Morning. Hi, I'm Suzanne, an intuitive guide who channels healing energy. At the end of the month, we'll be channeling guidance for a Q&A session, so email us your questions at thebrew with suzannemorning at gmail.com and visit our website suzannemorning.com. The portal is opening. Welcome to The Brew with Suzanne Morning. Hi, I'm Suzanne. I'm an intuitive guide and I channel healing energy. Welcome to episode five. And today we're talking about if I could talk with the animals. For those of you who are old enough to remember Dr. Doolittle. Now, I grew up without animals You'll either be an animal lover or you won't, or you could be in transition because this is something I have been in the last several years. I didn't really grow up with animals, apart from a little budgie we had, um, Taffy and then Sunny, who were both sadly came to a early demise from the cat next door. So we really never had animals, and every time I touched a dog, like, wash your hands, wash your hands. Dirty, filthy, rabies, worms, all sorts of insidious, terrible diseases that would overtake you and turn you into an alien. So I kind of grew up with this belief that dogs were very dirty. Um, And I couldn't have a cat because I was highly allergic to them, as was my mother. So for many, many years, even as an adult, I wanted to get a dog. But I led such a, um, well, a busy and traveling life. It just wouldn't have worked. And it's only now in my 50s, yes, that I am settled enough to have a beautiful wee dog. Now, he's called Thomas. He's a Shih Tzu. And he's named Thomas after my grandfather. It's a bit of a theme in our family, Thomas. We've got Gordon Thomas, my father, I married a man who was of the same name, Thomas. My mother's maiden name um, was Thomas, and I think her father was called Thomas. There just seemed to be Thomases all over the place, so I thought I'd better call him Thomas. And he's my main man. Mm-hmm. Yes. He is relational, warm, attentive, hairy, All the qualities I would like in in the man of my dreams. And boy, does he give long, dreamy stares. He can hold those stares for minutes. And he's a brilliant listener. Just listens and listens. And he'll cuddle and cuddle. He's a little bit gulpy on the food. Probably lacks a tiny bit of etiquette when we go out. Um, but apart from that, I can't fault him, you know, his nails, I suppose you call them claws, get a little bit long, um, impeccable breath, good looking, handsome, charismatic, um, a tiny bit portly, but I don't mind that in the man, I really don't, sturdy, solid man, um, does he come, yes, he, he comes when he's called, when he feels like it, um, he's intelligent, he's humorous, he likes good music, 
um, we have a little bit of a mismatch when it comes to dancing, but we seem to get by because love overcomes all difficulties. And Thomas and I have found a way. Now, as I said, he's a shih tzu. And came a point in my life where I thought, hmm, I need a little bit of affection. I need something to cuddle and hold, a little companion. And um, that was after a wee breakup I went through. So it left a little hole in my life. And I thought this might be a nice opportunity to get that dog I've always wanted. And um, so for any of you out there who have um, had little gaps left in your life or someone's passed away or you live on your own or you're separated, um, I think an animal is a wonderful companion and we... I, I believe we underestimate the value of these beautiful consciousnesses because they are that. So I got him about three and a half years ago. And I remember many, many years ago seeing, I was on a Facebook picture, this picture of this beautiful Shih Tzu dog. <laughs> he was running out of an open gate and it said, live your life as if someone's left the gate open and you could see him tearing and he was actually airbound. He had the big fluffy ears and the gorgeous little round face. And I thought, if I ever get a dog, I'm getting one like that. And that's what I ended up getting. My friend went with me. Um, I was like, oh, so many fluffy people and so many. Oh, she helped me choose in the end because it was just a bit overwhelming. And, and so there he was. He came home with me. He sat on my lap. He christened me with his, his first little urinary offer offering, which went on to become many, 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 many more as a male dog who didn't really like the idea of going outside to pee, would rather pee all over a duvet. Mm-hmm, yes. We had to have a few words, some loud words about that one. But eventually we got there, didn't we, my darling? He's just lying here beside me having a little listen. <laughs> Curling up into the back of me. Um, very warm. They're very warm to have in your bed. And every night we have a little ritual. I put the little pillows down and um, he creeps in beside me and lays beside me. We have our little good night chit-chat and talk and then we're off to sleep. Um, and within a little while I can hear the healthy resonation of a snore. And a little yip-yip-yip-yaps as he's chasing bunnies through his dream. But would I have seen myself with a dog a few years ago? No. Um, would I have seen a dog in my bed? <laughs> no. No. I used to look at people who did things like that or let their um, dogs lick their ice cream and I was like, bring me a bucket. But it's remarkable. It's, I guess it's like having kids. Something changes. Um, so he's my child, really. He's my child. I wasn't able to have kids in the end, and that's another story. So he's, he, let's just say he's very indulged. And uh, I get to pour out all my maternal feelings on him. He gets called darling most of the time. And I think he's quite happy about that. He's quite happy. So for anyone out there 
who is thinking maybe the time is right, maybe the time is right. Maybe the time is right. It may not be a dog, it may be a cat or it may be a bird. But let's not underestimate the beautiful gift they are to our life. And maybe instead of going on Tinder or Bumble or Dumble or Toxin or Boxin or dating and mating, um, we could start up an online dating service where we match up with animals and we take some of these beautiful rescue animals home and we look after them, love them, heal them and they become a part of our lives. Because I have been, I can say, truly amazed at the extent of love that I have felt with my beloved Thomas um, and him, me. I didn't realize the capacity um, of how much an animal could give and love. I was discussing this with my doctor the other day who said, you know, he's got patients who've got tremendous allergies my friend has to her cat but she will she will tolerate the allergy because the love and the delight outweighs the inconvenience of the allergy which says something for the the extent and depth we experience with these lovely little beings um now why am i talking as an intuitive guide and channeler about animals well, why not? I would like to say a lot of people wonder, will they see their animals on the other side? And I would like to say a resounding, yes, of course you will. Of course you will. Everything is energy. And energy doesn't die. It just gets transformed. Um, that's from Einstein. So they do pass over. Some people call it the rainbow bridge where they sit and wait for you. Uh, and I was listening to a man the other day who had a significant near-death experience and he met his dog on the other side. He felt in spirit the energy of his dog. So yes, we will meet again. We will meet with our beloved animals again. They do have spirit. Of course they do. Do animals need emotional or physical healing? Well, now that I've had a dog for probably going on three years, um, and let me say, Shih Tzus are very relational. They were bred to be um, companion dogs for the Japanese emperors, and they lived up their long kimono sleeves. Yeah, imagine that. They would have been pretty strong linen fabric, I should say. This is the fashion designer in me speaking now. The tensile strength of linen is quite strong quite strong, spacious kimono sleeves. They just popped themselves up there um, or sat on the lap. And they're, they're very relational. They like to be connected to you emotionally. You know, what are you doing? How are you feeling? How can I be a part of that? So if you want one of those, terribly into sport, unless you're playing with them and it's relational. So just diverting for a moment. I believe we get sent the right animals that are a match for us. See, I'm not really a sporty person. I love dancing. I like a spot of running. But am I a sporty person? No. At school, that was the only thing I failed miserably at because I would just let the ball fly past me and I was talking to someone like, who? 
who cares about who catches the ball? I don't care. I'm having an interesting conversation out on the field. Why are you getting so excited about that little ball? I'm, this is something important I need to say to this person. <laughs> and they need to say to me. So consequently, I was never chosen, you know, for the teams. When you had, Back in our day at school, it was kind of awful. You, you'd have two leaders chosen and they'd pick people out of the class to be on their teams. And I was always one of the last to be chosen because they knew I was abysmal at catching the ball. I had no interest, really, in, in competition. I didn't care about winning. I was more concerned with the collective and how they were all feeling and doing. And that ball could wait, and it was just an innate ball. And these people's feelings and thoughts and our philosophies took precedent. So why are you yelling at Mr. Mr. Bright and saying I'm useless? Yes, that will never do. You're useless. Leave the game. Stand over there by the fence. Well, at least I got out of the game. So, yes, I did fail miserably at sport. And when I was accepted into grammar school, because we had to apply out of zone, the headmistress went down all the list. Oh, A, 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 A. Oh, hang on a minute. Here's a C for sport. Yep, just not interested. Not interested. Um, and so is, so is my lovely little Thomas. So he was a vibrational match to me on many levels. Um, he's very social and extrovert. He's relational and he's even got exactly the same three allergies I have. Haven't you, darling? So it makes our food cooking quite good. I used to, I put him on all sorts of vet foods and this fancy pantsy, healy wheely good for you, vitamin stuffed, scientifically formulated, proven, quantified and qualified and researched and referenced. Well, none of them worked. He just scratched and scratched. So I put him on the food I ate, which is the same allergy-free food. And, you know, a lot of organic veg, fruit, um, veg, rice, fish, chicken. And hello, he healed. So there we go. Chilly night here. Excuse me, I'm having a little bit of a sniff. He healed. So he's a good match for me. I didn't want a barky dog. I got home and I thought, what if he's a barker? I won't be able to live with that. He just never barked. I think it was probably three months before I heard him bark. <laughs> and he just kind of went, Arr! and I was like, whoa, you just made a noise. Yeah, he makes more noise barking in his dreams than he does out loud. Um, when people come to the house, he never barks. The only time he barks is when he does what's called a little play dip. And he gets down on the ground, and he drops down, he looks at me and he goes, Arr! with the cutest little smile and goes, Arr! and that means come and play. And he goes a little, Arr! and that's about it. He just doesn't bark. So we get on quite well. He appreciates my need for non-yappy, loud barkingness. And we've fallen into a lovely groove. Um, we're both passionate about our cuddles and long dreamy stares and um, when I'm doing my healing sessions he seems to know exactly when I've finished he'll just feel it or sense it and he'll come trotting over although sometimes when I am doing a session and he's been sitting on the couch for ages I will hear him <laughs> let out a long sigh like <sighs> And I'll see him cross his little feet back over. Like, really? How long are you going to be doing this? So bless his little heart.
that's a little bit of a backstory. All of those people out there in um, animal lovers land will have enjoyed that. Those who are not animal lovers, just stay tuned because you may well become one of us. And it's like having an awakening. It's like it's like trying chocolate and going, oh my god. So this is chocolate. It's a bit like that. Yes, I could say chocolate. I could say more, but I'll leave it there. I think you know what I mean. So do they have spirits? Yes. Do they need healing? Emotional and physical. Well, yes, they definitely need physical healing. Often when I have clients, I will tune into the animals around them. Or sometimes I just do specific sessions on the animals. And I'll pick up the animal's personality. We've got lovely little Douglas. who um, He's very vocal. Very vocal. He's got something to say about everything. And he's loud and busy and extrovert. And he'd be, he'd be Freddie Mercury on stage. You've got to give him... A stage, he's powerful, he's loud, and he needs a microphone. So he's got a personality, and his little friend, um, who is a rescue dog, is the opposite. He's quiet and stable and healing and calm. And I could just sense their different personalities and, and what physical issues they had, what allergies they had, what complaints, and what their, each of their roles were in the family. And the owner was like, yep, that's right, that's bang on, that's their personality. And they often tell me their favourite foods. Now you're like, really? Really? Come on. But yes, they do. They do. Well, wouldn't you, if someone was like, guys, someone who's actually listening to us, and they're tuning in and they've got the ability to hear us, quick, quick, come over, tell her what, tell her what she likes. Tell them to stop giving us those horrible dry biscuits all the time we need a bit of this and that and we like that and that stuff is yummy yeah tell her that tell her that of course they're going to do that of course they're going to do that so yes they need physical healing and when I'm working with like, like not long ago it was a horse and I picked up some infection on their right back hoof and when the owner turned up yep there it was and a few other things um even today I was out at lunch and I always take the time to just tune into animals that come around me, especially if they're rescue dogs. And I just felt, oh, she's quite a feminine, sensitive personality. And I could feel it. It's like you drop in and you become them for a while. And, and I was saying to the owner, oh, she doesn't like loud sounds. She doesn't like to be approached from behind or something above you. Like she feels she's going to be hit on the back. She was. Um... And I went through some personality quirks and he was like, yeah, that's right. And then at the end, she she kind of flashed me a shot of, of food, like vegetables. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting a picture of all these vegetables. It's like she's saying, I need some of these vegetables along with the dry foods. He's like, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so quite remarkable. I would not have believed this if it hadn't have happened to me. Now, I was brought up in a fundamentalist um, Christian background so anything you're told from a young age as you know or may not know you know before the age of seven we're very impressionable we're in that theta state we believe everything we're told it's not till we hit you know our teens really later on and our frontal cortex develops and we start questioning everything and going into synaptic pruning that we call everything up for questioning but in that young state well, you could call it brainwashing, but we just, we soak up everything we're told. We literally soak up. 
everything we're told and um, yeah I believed that animals were well let's how would you describe it they didn't have spirits you know they were sort of dumb animals and um, they were dirty all of that changed all of that changed and come to realize now they've got personalities because all those beliefs I had um, made me learn to question everything. So when I started getting this animal stuff, I was like, I'm, I'm my own worst skeptic because of my um, background and that I believed everything I was told. There was a wonderful lesson that came out of that, which was, Find your own truth. Find my own truth, Suzanne. Test it for yourself. Don't listen to a white man in a pulpit and take his word as gospel, which is what I did. I'm not saying everyone else does it. Not even saying that was his intention. But I I believed it and I took it in. Took everything as gospel and tried to be the perfect um, whatever it is I was meant to be. To please God and avoid negative consequences so that's the way my sensitive little soul interpreted that and it taught me to be very skeptical and test things out for myself so when, when all this animal information started to come and I was like whoa and I tested it is that correct does that make sense um and with numerous owners and people I've talked to it's like yep that's the personality that's the quirk that's what they like um and when I've done healings with animals who've had food allergies or they've just had, I guess you would call it emotional healing, I've been able to sense, oh, you've had this abuse. And suddenly I was, it was like watching a movie screen. And I could see what was happening to them as a puppy and this person shouting at them and how they reacted to it. Um... And different events in their life or who was pushed away or ended up on the street and why that dog came in to protect that little girl um, in that violent home and to keep that man safe and he was under the influence of drugs and 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 goodness it was really clear and straightforward and so these beautiful beings and I'm referring mainly to animals not only required physical healing, but needed emotional healing. And so doing um, some healing work over them in different frequencies, which we'll talk about in another podcast, um, the owners were able to report later that they changed. They were less nervy. They were able to eat, more relaxed, more outgoing. Um, and I sensed the dog, you know, this particular little dog, when it left, I mean, it was very frightened, wouldn't come any, anywhere near anyone else. It came over to me, and as I knelt right down, it patted me on the head three times. Um, yeah, this is a dog that doesn't really leave its master's side. And then, yes, this little dog went on to eat, and um, its behavior changed quite radically. So dogs do need emotional healing. Do they come in to heal us? Yes. I believe that dogs are consciousness. They are consciousness. Now, are they? Con we're all consciousness. So have we started out as a consciousness of an animal? 
and then come in and worked our way through to a higher consciousness experience? Um, that's a question I'm just leaving lingering in the ether. But I'm trying not to say never nowadays, like never say never, because not when knowledge comes to light, I say, oh, well, maybe. Never say never. So they do come in to also heal us. I do believe they come in with missions. They come in as a vibrational match. I mean, as you know, oh, there's a movie or something rather about Bob, Bob and his cat. Beautiful story. Rescue by Ruby on Netflix. Now, that's a beautiful karmic story about a rescue dog who ends up coming in on a issue that really is about rescuing the owner. And there's a beautiful karmic twist at the end because they go through this sort of mm, evolving relationship with the owner, becoming a rescue dog, and who they rescue has a nice little twist to it at the end. But watch that. And they actually used a rescue dog to play the rescue dog. And that to me was a... Um, a beautiful theme about how animals enter our life. I do believe they absorb energy on our behalf and clear things on our behalf. Um, they can even be the energy of guides. Thinking of one gentleman whose dog is like that. Who absorbs some of the energy he carries because he has been through so much in his life and releases it on his behalf. Um... There's a lot more that goes on than meets the eye that we give credit for or that we even stop to consider. But when I'm doing these healings and I'm showing things that they, oh, oh, whoa. It's like we need to open up a sacred space to acknowledge the roles they play. It's much wider and deeper than we realize. Dogs can sense. Well, obviously they, they have a wider hearing range and scent range. And I think they have the ability to pick up emotions and feelings that we carry they can pick up seizures you know several minutes before they happen and people and, and warn them they've got remarkable gifts um so what i want to say around that is they need healing physically and emotionally and often when they are being healed some element of them is also being healed in us as we give them healing we receive healing they come in with missions to be companions, guides, protectors, healers of the heart to all types of people in all types of situation. And I've known people when their dogs have passed on because the dogs were saying, I've finished my work with you, my darling. You're ready to move on. The work is done. Someone new is coming into your space to hold your hand and I'm clearing the space for that. You're ready. I've seen that happen with many, many people. Um, and it's an enormous grief when your dog passes or your any animal and know they are over they are over the other side and, and they can also be around you um, you know and comfort you um, they are consciousness and let me tell you love is the highest vibration and they hold unconditional love nothing can separate us from love death cannot so they can be there with you in spirit. They can be there with you in spirit. Um, and the unconditional love they bring is probably like nothing else. 
like nothing else we may ever experience in this life. They forgive easily. They're loyal. They're loving. They're enlightened beings. Um, and when I read an animal, they're easy to read because they don't have complicated walls up. You just sort of go straight and you can read in here and see. And then it's cleared. Because they know my intention. So they open up, boom, boom, boom. They can feel me. Whereas humans can be a little bit wary to begin with. And they've got their walls up and they're guarding themselves. And it can take a while for them to tune in and open up and build trust. Um, so tune in. Practice tuning in to your animals. Ask them. How are they feeling? What do they need? Tune into them. You know, let them speak to you and let them love you. And as I was saying, for those of you, you know, whose dogs, animals have passed, here's a lovely little story that you might find comforting. Um, a lady was telling me when her dog, um, she had to take her dog to the vet to be put down and she was inconsolable. And what a terribly hard decision to know when to make that call. But she said, as the dog passed, suddenly, even before he'd sort of taken his last breath, she had a vision of this, the dog rising up out of its body. She saw like a spirit form of flash this vision. And over in the doorway stood this beautiful tall woman with a whole host of little animals around her, like dogs, cats, squirrels, the whole thing. And the dog in spirit form, leapt off the vet table and joined her, turned to her, wagged, you know, smiled, and then they disappeared. Now, how beautiful is that? Doesn't that just give you a picture of how they come in with a mission and they guide it and they have their own guides and their beings with them who do look after them? And have they been with us in past lives? Often, yes. Because the energy doesn't die, it just transforms and they can reincarnate. And I'm thinking of one gentleman um, whose dog I did some work for and with, through, in. Um, and as we were doing the healing work, um, he was saying to me, I'm sure I've had this dog in another life because the previous dog I had before, Tiger, had similar little quirky characteristics and I said well that's interesting you should say that because before you said that I got a flash picture of a red setter and he was like oh that was my previous dog and it was like the dog was going yeah yeah I've been here before I've been here before Wally come on wake up <laughs> we're not dumb animals we are evolved consciousness I've been with you many lives and I've seen with the same person doing past life regression with them um, and actually seen them pass over lying in their bed dying. I saw a dog very close lying with them uh, and it was a dog that was popular to that particular era within the past life time frame. Um, you know, so she has, he has probably had this particular spirit dog with him over many 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 lives so isn't that an amazing deep connection with these animals that are really just consciousness in a form that's uncomplicated it's uncomplicated because sometimes language and speech can complicate things can't it but unconditional love 
just that quiet presence being with you can be can be more profound can be more profound and if you feel you need some touch some companionship then think about an animal if you're looking for romantic love like like I say you know you can forget bumble dumble humbly cumbly crumble mumble um or you know tinder binder swindler windler perhaps leave those for a while and Check out the animal dating sites. Find yourself a new love, a new romance with a dedicated, loyal consciousness. That's, that's my little Thomas shaking himself in the background. Um, and enjoy the companionship and experience of that. Because they do come to heal our wounds and we theirs. They do come to protect us. And they do come to teach us different lessons, patience, connections, unconditional love. Sometimes just the opening up of our heart, showing us what love looks like. And they're easy to read. So just try talking to your dog, listening. Um, and I say this for every animal, any animal, horse. I, I refer to dog because it's, that's he's my main man. Um, but you can talk to them in pictures. So maybe instead of, you know, talking in words, if you want them to do something, visualize it in your mind and keep visualizing and replaying it over and watch them pick up on the visualization you're playing in your mind. Interesting, isn't it? Isn't it? So I think it would be wonderful if society learned to start respecting these roles to give them service, to give animals honour, to start saying thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for bringing me these lessons and teaching me something. Thank you for your loyalty, companionship. Thank you for your affection. Because we're not doing them the favour most of the time they're actually doing us the favour and they've come to give to us. So on behalf of all animals there, I want to acknowledge you, send love, say thank you for your sacred service and for all of those who are in a place where they're considering, looking for new love and considering um, having an animal. I send you divine guidance to be matched to a vibrational, harmonious companion that you may experience the unconditional love and learning that goes with the consciousness of our furry friends. We honour them, we honour them. Light and love. Dr. Doolittle, you're the animal communicator. If I could walk with the animals, talk with the animals, grunt, squeak, squawk with the animals, it'd be the most exciting thing. Oh, can he talk like a pelican? Oh, Hallie can. Oh, Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love the animals. 
Love and light, everyone. <laughs> Love and light.